Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome to episode number 186. Today is the last day of March. It is March 31st, and I'm super happy to be here. We have a spring, folks, here in New England. We actually are getting a spring, or seemingly so, thus far since spring started. It's good to get a nice, brisk chill in the morning and at night but some nice warmer weather during the day when it's not so windy but i know you guys could care less about my meteorology history not that i have one but whatever today's episode we do have a bunch to go over i want to talk about the red sox and their wonderful wonderful opening day i also want to talk about how the red sox plan to compete and of course their goal is to win a world series So we'll throw that in there, even though they won't. But how their plan, this offseason, and their goal to win a World Series this year is just not a match made in heaven. So I'm going to dive into that. I also want to briefly touch upon the Celtics and their nice little blowout win over the Milwaukee Bucks. What does that potentially mean? I want to talk about the NFL draft. More specifically, my Mock Draft 2.0, baby. Yes, Mock Draft 2.0 is here, and I'm very excited to dive into it with you guys. You guys will be listening to it for the first time, my first release of this 2.0 Mock Draft. Very excited to dive into that. I have every single pick in the first round done, all 31 picks, so very excited to see where this goes. But first... First things first, I want to congratulate the Boston Bruins 
for winning the President's Trophy for the 2022-2023 NHL season with their overtime win against the Columbus Blue Jackets last night in Boston. Very, very exciting. I know it's a President's Trophy. No one really cares. I get it. I get it. But I still think credit is deserved where credit is due. And I'm very excited to say that, you know, this Bruins team is super fun to watch. They've clinched the most points in the NHL. Wow. With, what was it, uh, what was it, 70-something games into the season? Let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. So, yeah, 75 games into the season. Very, very cool to see. But, again, we don't care. Insert Stephen A. Smith meme. I'm here to tell you right now. We don't care. <laughs> right? So we don't care about the President's Trophy. We don't care about the records. We care about Patrice Bergeron and the Boston Bruins hoisting that Stanley Cup in June. That's literally all we care about. That's what we're here for. But again, we have to enjoy the journey. And winning the President's Trophy is a part of that journey. So very excited to just briefly, briefly touch upon that. Then I want to touch uh, touch upon the Celtics. What does this win mean for them? This 140 to 99 route of the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Now, again, if we remember not oh so too long ago, the Celtics bench, pretty much their bench. Oh, was there no Marcus Smart, no Brown, no Tatum, no Horford, no Rob Williams? Basically, the starting five. And they danced with the, a healthy, a healthy Milwaukee Bucks team. Took them into overtime, and granted, they lost, but it was still a nice little moral victory, if we can call it that. But I've been sitting here saying that this team can't turn a switch on. This team can't just wake up and beat anybody. I've been sitting here saying that this team is not ready to go into a seven-game series where they have to go to Milwaukee three time, uh, four times. excuse me. They're just not ready for that. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they are. I mean, listen, their loss on Tuesday to the Wizards was underwhelming. Actually, their past lo- their losses throughout the month of March have been, like, disgustingly disturbing and very underwhelming. But to go into Milwaukee, both teams healthy, and you beat them by 41 points, that's kind of promising. Now listen, of course the Milwaukee Bucks in the second half, they they weren't trying at all. But still, they were at one point. You know, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt. I really am. Because you still have some games coming up. You still have games against the Jazz. You still have games against the 76ers, who's, you know, fighting for that second seed. But it seems like you may have peeled away a little bit. Being two and a half games up with five to go. Still a nice game. You might face them in the playoffs. Who knows? Two against the Raptors, who are fighting for playoff positioning. And then, of course, against the Hawks, who are also fighting for playoff positioning as well. So these games may mean nothing to you, but they're going to mean something to these other teams. And that is what you need to combat. They're going to give you 100%. Now, if you're looking to coast these last five games, I, I, I don't think you should, but fine. But again, there's still five games to go against all playoff caliber teams. And they shouldn't be taken lightly. Again, you're only two and a half games up on the 76ers for second. 
you're only two games back of the Bucks for first. Like, you could still potentially make a play there. How likely is it? I don't know. That win last night certainly damn helps. That win last night absolutely helps. And it's hard to to not overreact to one game, although I will be with the Red Sox in a few moments. But I did like what I saw. I did like what I saw from the Celtics. And again, it's one game. But where has this been? Where has this been? Why haven't you done this against the Wizards, the Rockets? I I mean, I guess you did it against the Spurs. But why haven't we seen this? Why does it take you to go into Milwaukee, the number one team in the Eastern Conference, number one team in the East? Yeah, number one team in the league for you to do this. Why couldn't you just do this before? Against nobodies or lesser teams, let's say. That's just the puzzling thing is. Like, so is there a switch? Maybe. I mean, I don't want to have to be confident that, like, oh, yeah, yeah, those Celtics will just turn it on. They've lost four in a row. Yeah, but they'll just turn it on come the playoffs. Yeah, you know, Tatum's not playing well, but he'll turn it on. I don't want to have to rely on turning it on in the playoffs. I really don't. Now, I understand 82 games is kind of a waste. They're just getting, you know, trying to get to the playoffs. I understand that. But, like, ugh, the Bruins, I don't I don't have that feeling with the Bruins. Like, they have it turned on right now. Granted, they lost against the Predators on Tuesday. But before that, what were they on? A seven-game winning streak, I believe it was? They lost 6-3 to the Blackhawks on Pi Day, March 3rd, 3.14. And they won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven straight games before they lost to the Predators two to one on Tuesday. So in their last eight games, they're seven and eight. That's not just turning a switch on. That is leaving the switch on and going out there and taking care of business. Now, not every game is going to be a seven nothing blowout like they had against the Sabres, but three nothing against the Jets, five to two against the Wild. Some nice wins there. But then you got a 2-1 win against the Senators. 4-2 against the Canadians. 2-1 against the Lightning. A potential playoff matchup. 4-3 against the Hurricanes. Another potential matchup. And then 2-1 against the Blue Jackets. So they're not blowing everybody out. They're playing. They're playing tough. They're getting played tough. And they're giving you the results that you want to see. And that is wins in the win column. They're not taking any nights off. I mean, should they as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season? Absolutely. There's seven games left. Now, I don't know if the record or anything means something to you, but the max wins that they can get is 65. What we talked about last week, uh, was it 63, I believe, is the wins. The points, I believe, is 132 NHL points record. 132, 134. NHL team points 132 that is the record um, they're 11 away from that so they would have to win one six six of these games so I mean of course it's possible I mean two four six eight ten twelve fourteen fourteen potential points on the board 
it'll be tough. It probably won't be easy. But I mean, I don't want these records. I don't. Yes, is it fun? Is it cool? Yes, it, it's cementing yourself in history. But I think you've already cemented yourself in history as one of the best teams. I think you've already done that. But it won't matter unless you go win the cup. People will forget and forgive the Celtics for their loss against the Rockets. For their overtime loss against the Cavaliers. Their overtime loss against the Knicks. Their 10-point loss to the Nets after blowing a 28-point lead. All of that will be forgotten if you can win in June. It'll all be forgotten. No one's going to talk about, yeah, they won the, the 2023 NBA Finals, but they lost to the Rockets by two in the middle of March. Don't forget that. They lo- no, no one's going to say that. So hopefully these next five games, they can tune it up a little bit. You know, I don't want to say pedal to the metal, but just fine-tune some you know small things, whether it's rotations, defensive alignments, uh, whatever it may be, maybe different set plays just to get ready for the playoffs because I want them to be ready to rock and roll come then because, I mean, as it stands now, let me get to the east. As it stands now, it would be the Hawks. Of course, the play-in tournament would have to take – actually, no, I'm sorry, it would be the Heat. It would have to – you know, of course, the play-in tournament would have to run its course, but as it stands, it would be the Heat. And they gave you a run for your money last year, so I don't even think that first round, if it is the Heat – would be super easy but i'm very excited it's it's a promising win it's definitely a nice little bounce back win in the right direction for the celtics i mean they've had a couple of good games over the course of the past week or so that wizards game tough loss but back on track which is the most important thing let me talk red sox and i don't know if people are going to want to indulge in this conversation with me But I'm here to have it. I tried to tell you that you can't buy a team. You can't. It is so tough to buy a team in sports. I mean, we've seen the Nets try to do it with Kyrie and Durant. How'd that go? We've seen... I'm trying to think of other teams that have bought a team. Uh, The Dodgers tried to buy a team. Granted, they won in 2020, but that is their only World Series title for a team that's won, won 10 straight National League West titles to win one in the COVID-shortened year. A little suspicious. Lakers obviously tried to win a title. Again, they won in 2020. But that's the only one that they've won. And they've had LeBron and Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. They've had Rondo, Pat Beverly. Uh, they've had a, a handful of guys. A handful of different guys on their team. It's not easy in sports. It's really not. And I think that's exactly what the Red Sox tried to do. Now, I'm going to try not to overreact after one game, after losing 10-9 to to the Orioles on opening day. But if I do overreact, I do apologize. Now, was it nice to see the Red Sox put up a valiant effort? Of course it was. It was nice to see them put up an effort, and especially in the 8th and the ninth inning, make it an interesting game. But it was just too little too late. It was too little, too late. It's just this team. I know. I'm. I'm. I. I'm like upset over it almost. Your bullpen failed you. 
Corey Kluber, your opening day starter, failed you. Let's see. Your everyday shortstop, Kike Hernandez, failed you. Um, let's see. Turner played well. Yoshida played nice. I mean, okay. Some some promise there. Again, I'm not trying to overreact. But they brought in Turner. They brought in Yoshida. They brought in Duvall. They brought, I guess they brought in McGuire last year. They brought in Tapia. They brought in Corey Kluber. Five guys that played yesterday. And I'm not counting Chris Monks. He, he pitched, pitched well in his one inning. Plus, it's, I'm not going to judge him off of one inning. Five guys that played yesterday, all new to this team. Again, uh, Turner, Yoshida, Arroyo, Tapia, Kluber. Y'all bought, brought in this offseason. But I'm, I want to direct you to recent World Series winners, past World Series winners. And I'm not going to go too, too far back. I'm not going to. But I do want to go back as far as... I don't know, five years? Just kind of start there, and we'll kind of work our way back. I'll just start with year one, 2022. Astros beat the Phillies. Did the Astros buy their World Series team, or was it homegrown and built organically? Now, I'm not counting teams that make moves at the deadline. No, 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 I'm not counting that. You know, that's additions. I'm talking about what the Red Sox are doing. They have a new left fielder they have a new center fielder they have new starting pitchers they have new third uh a new dh and it's just new 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 i mean when mondesi comes back you know they brought him in i would say no to the astros pena homegrown altuve's homegrown bregman's homegrown uh jordan alvarez is homegrown i mean there's just a ton of homegrown guys now of course verlander is someone that they brought in but they had um framber valdez they had Luis Garcia. So, I mean, a ton of homegrown guys. So, I'm going to say no to the Phillies for buying their World Series. Did the Braves buy their World Series in 2021? Let's see, they had Acuna, Albies, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley. Yes, of course, they brought in Jorge Soler, who hit that big home run. They brought in Jock Peterson, sure. They had Freddie Freeman. They had, no, Michael Harris wasn't there yet. Who else was in the outfield? Marcelo Zuna, which I guess he's not homegrown, but they've had him for a bunch of years now, so that's kind of a stretch to call him bought at that point, but it's also a stretch to call him homegrown. Ultimately, I'm going to say no to the Braves, especially with how they're locking up all their young talent now. The Dodgers in 2020 kind of, sort of, bought that World Series, but again, Corey Seager's homegrown, Clayton Kershaw's homegrown, Cody Bellinger's homegrown. Uh, who else is on that team? Mookie, no. Kike, was Kike homegrown? Kike, um, I don't know if Kike came up in the Dodgers system or not. Uh, he, he, no, he was with Houston, Miami, and then LA. Okay, so no. Uh, who else was on that team? Um, I can't think. Wow. Turner, I know, is not homegrown. I think AJ Pollock, I think, was homegrown. Um, I, I know there's one more. I can't think of his name. Oh, man. But either way, I'm sure there's other guys that I'm missing. You could call the Dodgers that they bought it. You could call them that they didn't, whatever. Nationals, they didn't buy a World Series. That was all homegrown talent. Red Sox, 
that's all homegrown talent. I know they brought in JD. I know they brought in Chris Sale. They brought in David Price. But I mean, Devers, Bogarts, Betts at the time, it's just all guys that they that they homegrown. All right, let's see. I mean, Houston Astros in twenty seventeen that was homegrown. The Cubs homegrown in twenty sixteen. Royals fifteen homegrown. Giants, uh, Giants in 2014, Giants in 12, Giants in 10, homegrown, homegrown, homegrown. Red Sox in 2013, a lot of homegrown guys, but they also brought in some guys. So maybe that's an exception. The point is, the point is, the majority of these teams that have won in the past are teams that were not bought. That's That's the principle I'm trying to get to here. The Red Sox 2023 roster is just plugged with a bunch of veterans. Just absolutely plugged with a bunch of veterans. And a bunch of guys they brought in off the streets. That's just the truth of it. And I again, I don't want to overreact, but I tried to tell you guys this. And it was good it was good to see them put up some runs, I know. And the Orioles faltered, you know, late in the game. They had two errors, I understand. So again, it's hard to overreact. But I don't see the Red Sox putting up nine runs every game. I also don't see them giving up ten runs every game. So where are the Orioles good? Are the Red Sox bad? Is it a blend of both? I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I need more of a sample size than just one game. But falling short is something that I can see the Red Sox doing time and time again. If Devers didn't get called for strike three um, from the pitch clock rules, if Corey Kluber didn't give up four walks, if the pitching staff didn't give up nine walks, you know, it could be a different outcome. I mean, a lot of people are, are saying that the pitching is going to be better. It should be better. I don't know if it will be better, but it should be better. And I think there's a huge difference there that people are kind of underestimating. So... We'll see. Off today, obviously, but they're back at it tomorrow. I mean, we will see. We're going to have to watch the Red Sox early in the season with a close, close microscope and be very analytically critical of them. It's just what we're going to have to be. But it'll be fun because it's baseball season and baseball's back, and I'm super excited for baseball to be back. But transitioning from baseball, we do have my mock draft 2.0 to discuss in today's video. Now, today we can accordingly account for the Carolina and Chicago trade. We can account for that trade now. So we have Carolina picking first instead of Chicago. I also do have a mock trade. I have one trade in my mock draft. And of course, there's going to be a ton of other movement. I, I really foresee a ton of movement from a team like, I'm just going to throw a random team out there, like Houston from 12, moving up to to 7 to get somebody. You know, just trying to make a splash one way or the other. Seeing a team like Dallas move up from 26 to 18 or whatever. You know, just a bunch of different trades. You know, really that's hard to predict. And I don't want to go too crazy, so I just have that one mock trade. But I need some water. <coughs> oh, excuse me. All right. Ooh, where's my arm? My arm rest, not my arm. <laughs> All right. Anyways, 
So number one overall, and I want to try to breeze through this because I want to talk about every single pick. C.J. Stroud going to Carolina. Stroud, Bryce Young, take your pick. It doesn't matter. I just think, you know, Frank Reich likes bigger, taller quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud fits that mold compared to Bryce Young, who I do have Bryce Young going number two to Houston. Again, interchangeable. If Bryce Young is taking that one, I see Houston taking Stroud at number two. Now, this is where the mock trade is. I have the Indianapolis Colts moving up to number three with the Cardinals to take quarterback Will Levis out of Kentucky. So, yes, three quarterbacks in the first three picks. Definitely not surprised here. It makes sense for both the Colts and the Cardinals. The Colts to move up so no one else trades up with the Cardinals and takes a quarterback ahead of them. It makes sense for the Cardinals to move down from three to four to get an additional asset, whatever that may be second round pick third round pick whatever because they're not taking a quarterback so if you can still get your guy in my mock draft i have him i have them taking will anderson out of alabama and you get an additional asset that makes all the sense in the world a team would do that 10 out of 10 times look at the celtics a few years ago when they drafted uh they had the number one overall pick in the draft they traded down with philadelphia uh the 76ers took what was his damn name? I don't even remember his name anymore. Oh, man. Um. Oh, I can't think of his name. 2017 NBA draft. He was so bad. He was so... Markel Fultz. There it is. Markel Fultz. Uh, what was it? The Lakers took Lonzo Ball, and the Celtics took Jason Tatum at three. Got their guy. Got an additional first-round pick. See you later. Uh, actually, you know, I do want to pull up my mock draft 1.0 because I just want to see the differences as we move throughout the oh wait oh wait, yeah yeah this sh- oh no actually it's it's the same version okay well i'll have to pull it up on my instagram then give me a second as i pull it up because this is where things get spicy i have the the seattle seahawks taking jalen carter it's an interesting pick right i know i know um, well, where's my 1.0? 1.0. Originally, I had them taking Tyree Wilson, but I changed that to Jalen Carter just to plug up the hole in the middle. I really think it's something that they valuably need. Again, the whole Jalen Carter situation is kind of a little wild, but I still think between Mach 1.0 and Mach 2.0, the point for the Seahawks is to take a D lineman. Whether that's Tyree Wilson from a mock draft 1.0, a Will McDonald, uh, a Jalen Carter, a uh, Miles Murphy, whoever it may be, I think D-line is the way to go. And going with D-line again in my 2.0 is the Lions taking Tyree Wilson, it's defensive end at Texas Tech. The Lions, so I had the Lions in 1.0 taking Jalen Carter and then addressing cornerback with their 18th overall pick. Yes. Here, I have them taking Tyree Wilson, D-end, have another edge rusher come off the other side of Aiden Hutchinson to really swarm the quarterback, which I think would be an excellent defensive scheme for them. They address secondary needs in this uh, free agency, bringing in three secondary guys, so I don't see them addressing the secondary position here in the first round. If If Christian Gonzalez falls to them, or maybe a Devin Witherspoon, who I have, uh, just before the Lions pick at 18, going to um, the Steelers at 17, then maybe. But at 18, I have a little surprise there. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So speaking of Christian Gonzalez, I have him going to the Las Vegas Raiders at number seven. Um, let's see, number eight, Devin Witherspoon. Have him go taking a huge jump from where did I originally had him? I had him originally at 18, but I have him all the way up here at number eight. Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, interchangeable. Take your pick, pick your poison. They're both very, very good. I think Atlanta going away from defensive end and drafting a cornerback, maybe a franchise cornerstone cornerback, is something that will significantly help them especially where the NFC South is super weak. But having a shutdown guy, even like, you know, the Lions who have sucked in years past, having Jeff Okuda and Jalen Ramsey when he was down in Jacksonville, when, you know, they were good for that one year and then they kind of sucked before he got traded, is just a significant bonus for a team that is looking to rebuild and a team that is struggling. Just have your guy, forget about him. He'll shut down a receiver. He'll shut down one side of the field and forget about it. Number nine. Oh, I'm drinking some more water here. Number nine, I still have the Bears taking Peter Skaronsky, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. I still think offensive line protecting Justin Fields is the play that they need to do. There's rumors that they might trade out of this pick and draft somebody else later on. 
Who knows? There's rumors that they might try to trade up to draft. I don't know. But I think offensive line should be the way to go because there's going to be a bunch of other linemen that are taken from after them all the way through the first round. Will McDonald, defensive end from Iowa State, going to the Eagles, where I originally had them taking Christian Gonzalez. Darius Slay is back in Philadelphia, so that is not a need anymore. Defensive line is. Paris Johnson to the Tennessee Titans is something that does not change. However, here at number 12, my first mock point oh, my mock draft 1.0, excuse me, I had Miles Murphy going to the Texans. Here, I have Jackson Smith and Jeeba. Now, from 1.0 to 2.0, Brandon Cooks has been traded to the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, I know they have Nico Collins. I think they still have Philip Dorsett. I know he was on the team last year. I, I don't really know if he's still on the team. But what about giving your brand new quarterback, Bryce Young in my case, a nice fancy new toy? Why not? Makes a lot of sense. I mean... You got to keep up with, uh, you know, the pace of the game being such a passing league now. Why not? Why? I mean, I know you want to maybe use this pick on now. If someone's sitting there that drops Tyree Wilson, uh, Will Anderson for whatever reason, I mean, maybe you just locked up Laramie Tunsil, so you don't need a offensive tackle. Could you go somewhere else? Of course, but I think giving him, giving Bryce Young. A dynamite receiver would significantly be a good way to kind of kick off this new chapter, this new era for your franchise. Uh, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle to the Jets, same as 1.0. Of course, we have to consider that the Jets still will be making that selection unless there is a potential trade of that pick to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. However, that is not yet official nor final, so... The Jets will be making this pick in this case. I went from Michael Meyer in my 1.0. I have the Patriots taking Nolan Smith. Now, this is a very interesting pick because I can still see them taking Michael Meyer. I still think that's a really good pick. But I have them taking Nolan Smith just because I think he slept on because of his injury this past year. But he is a freak athlete. He was a top five pick before his injury. He just seems like a Belichick guy. He can come off the edge and be an absolute force to be reckoned with. And I know you have Matthew Judon, but your linebacking core is a little thin, could be better. And I think Nolan Smith would, would be a great presence on this defense for the Patriots. Michael Meyer went from the Patriots in my 1.0 to the Packers here in 2.0. I have the Commanders taking Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. Let's see, i got to switch that page. And I still have the Steelers taking a cornerback. In 1.0, I have them taking Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Here in 2.0, I have them taking Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. So again, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, 1A, 1B, pretty much. But I still think cornerback is a position of need for the Steelers. Now, in 1.0, I had them the, the Lions taking Devin Witherspoon at 18. However, here in this case, I have them taking Dalton Kincaid. Now, yes, defense is a huge focal point of need. They address that with Tyree Wilson. Could you still go uh, like a linebacker like Drew Sanders? Could you go with a safety? Could you go with uh, a defensive tackle, Brian Brees? There's a couple different ways you could go. 
And I think giving Goff another weapon in Dalton Kincaid would be significantly beneficial. Yeah, you had TJ Hawkinson. He goes to Minnesota. He plays great there. But I think Dalton Kincaid could really step in and, and, and be not only a good blocker, but a good receiver for this Lions team. So this is going to be a really interesting pick. I mean, I think going defense at number six is a surefire bet. But at 18, it will be very interesting to see what they do. They could go a myriad of different ways. 19, I have the Buccaneers taking Bijan Robinson with Leonard Fournette now gone. You're more than likely going to have uh, – you have Baker Mayfield. You had no run game last year. So drafting the best running back might be a beneficial thing because it can take a lot off of Baker – Robinson can give you a bunch of different variety in the passing game, the blocking game, and, of course, the running game. And (laughs) they're good at receiver. They're good at tight end. Uh, I just don't see them going offensive line. Their defense just needs to get healthy from last year, and their defense is pretty solid. So not many blaring needs that they have outside of filling some holes, um, addressing key uh, key free agency departures. But at 19, you're kind of in murky waters. I mean, top-tier talent, Michael Meyer, uh, Christian Gonzalez, you know, Jalen Carter, they're all off the board. Oh, excuse me. Wait, hold on. I just noticed an error, actually. I have Devin Witherspoon twice in my 2.0 draft. I have him going to Atlanta and to Pittsburgh. Oh, that is a mistake. Well, I'm glad we're here to have caught that, guys. Um, I don't know who would end up going there. Uh, probably Joey Porter would go in that spot. I had him going to 28 to Cincinnati, but I guess I'll put him back at 17. And then 28 Cincinnati, I'll probably have to figure out. But anyways, let's get back on track here. Number 20, Jordan Addison, the receiver out of USC. I think the Seahawks... With now their new franchise quarterback and Geno Smith locked up long term. Tyler Lockett's getting older. DK Metcalf, who knows what his future is going to be, I think would be very a very nice addition to really help take the top off of defenses and just to give you more versatility and more weaponry for your quarterback to throw to. You addressed your big need on defense with Jalen Carter at number five. Having this bonus first round pick, taking kind of a more of a need than a, uh, a want, more than a need, excuse me. Makes a little sense here. Other directions they could go in, I had them taking Drew Sanders, the linebacker, out of Arkansas. That could still be in play. I think I think Edge could be a play here as well for them. Uh, let's see, remaining guys, I have Miles Murphy. Uh, what other remaining guys do I have? Is he the only like main one that I have? He's kind of the um BJ Ojulari is another one that I have still available. Uh, you know what? I because I have extra players down here at the bottom. I'm gonna put Deontay Banks here at 28 for the Bengals. All right. Uh, let's see. Back on track. Uh, okay. So Brian Brees, the defensive tackle, going to the Chargers at 21. Addressing a big need there. And a name that we have yet to hear. You guys are probably saying, where where is this guy? Three quarterbacks have been taken. But there should be four, right? And you're right. That's Anthony Richardson. And, of course, you could go in the top five. You can go in the top ten. But I'm just still stuck 
on what happened last year with Malik Willis. Projected to go to the Panthers at 8, projected to go in the top 10, projected to go in the first round, falls to the third round. I see the same thing with Anthony Richardson. Very impressive, very athletic, good arm strength, good mobility, raw, high ceiling, a lot of potential. He's not ready yet. I still think he'll be a first-round guy, but I have him to 22 to the Ravens. Lamar is not going to play for the Ravens next year. He's not going to. And yes, you still have Tyler Huntley. Is Huntley your future, though? I'm going to say no, but if Anthony Richardson is sitting there, and this might be even a move that the Ravens try to do to trade up to kind of draft him so another team doesn't trade up and take him, especially if he is falling. But wouldn't that be a sneaky play? You trade up, or you, you potentially trade up, or you sit and wait and draft Anthony Richardson. You roll with Tyler Huntley to at least start the season, maybe the whole season. And then you have a top 5, top 10 guy at 22 for next year replacing Lamar Jackson because, again, I don't think he'll be on the team the start of 2023. And I do think he'll get traded at some point. I just think teams are waiting for the draft to kind of come and go because I think they like this draft class. Teams that have been linked to Lamar, such as the Falcons, the the Patriots, obviously, are big ones. I think they're just waiting for the draft and I, I Lamar to the Patriots is a story for another day but there's a ton of different teams that we could maybe see Lamar play for I know the Colts have been kind of coming out of nowhere I just think they want that fourth currently fourth overall pick after the draft then they will trade the first the two first round picks but keep an eye on Baltimore here um, in my 1.0 I had them taking Brian Brees the guy that the Chargers in my 2.0 just took but if Anthony Richardson is gone, could we still maybe see them take a Hendon Hooker quarterback out of Tennessee? I mean, probably a day two guy, second or third round kind of guy. But again, that fifth year option on those quarterbacks are so valuable. Maybe you trade down a little bit into the late 20s, get more assets, and then take him and try to super, super sneaky that way possibilities man possibilities for the ravens there there's a there's a good amount of them zay flowers the wide receiver to minnesota that was jackson smith nashiba in 1.0 but i have him going all the way up to 12 to the texans i like zay flowers i like a receiver to the minnesota vikings nonetheless miles murphy dropping all the way to 24 to jacksonville would be a great pickup for them Quinton Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU to the Giants. They need to address. Um, they need a main number one guy for their brand new $160 million quarterback. I think Quinton Johnston could be that guy. Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama to Dallas. Now, again, 1.0 did not reflect the Ezekiel Elliott uh, release. 2.0 obviously will. I think I think they would like Bijan Robinson, but I don't think he'll get to that point. So could we see a trade up? Of course. Does it make sense to trade all the way up for a running back, though? Like, you'd have to get to 17-18 at the very least. You're not going to trade with... I don't think the commanders will trade within the division. I think uh, Jameer Gibbs is a good fallback option for uh, for the, the Dallas Cowboys. I want to make sure I spelled Jameer Gibbs right. Ja... 
it's spelled very weird. The R is at the end. Oh, I have the Y at the end. Oops. Jameer Gibbs. All right. Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia, going to the Buffalo Bills at 27. Did not change. I still think that's a great fit for what they want their style of offense to be. Deontay Banks, the cornerback out of Maryland, going to Cincinnati. So instead of addressing offensive line, I have them addressing cornerback. Pick your poison if you're the Bengals. Lucas Van Ness, defensive lineman out of Iowa. Someone who's been climbing up a lot of draft charts over the past couple of weeks on a myriad of different mock draft boards. He's been a sneaky play. I've seen him go up as high as a top 10 pick. I've seen him average out to the middle of, you know, from 10 to 20. I don't know how sold I am on him. I need to do a little bit more research about him. He was someone that I kind of just threw in there last minute. I like the defensive line addressing for the Saints. I mean, obviously, I had them taking Zay Flowers at 29 in my 1.0. Could they go either way? Of course. But I kind of like the defensive line addressing here just because they weren't that strong in the front four last year, the Saints. So maybe bringing in someone who has super high ceiling, super high potential, but maybe not a lot of people know about or not a lot of people kind of thought could be a middle, early or middle first round pick. But maybe you believe in the talent here at 29. Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas, going to the Eagles at 30. And then Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle, going to the Kansas City Chiefs at 31, addressing some much-needed needs right there to round out the first round. Mock draft notes. This is 2.0. Uh, once I post this on Instagram, you'll see that my projected trades are indicated by an asterisk. Um, again, Miami forfeited their first round. da 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 uh, here we go. Here's a couple of good points here that I think will be really juicy to kind of to munch on. This mock draft is made with two massive assumptions. One being Aaron Rodgers will most likely, if I could spell correctly, will most likely get traded to the Jets. However, it is not official. So this mock draft reflects, which I've already mentioned. The second assumption is Lamar Jackson isn't returning to Baltimore, leaving a void at the quarterback position. Guys, remember this conversation. Do not be surprised if the Ravens take a quarterback at 22. I'm sorry. Yeah, 22. Or if they trade up to take one. Wouldn't that be damn sneaky? That would be, I think, be pretty sneaky. All right. Uh, with the first wave of free agency over, pretty much free agency is kind of behind us. I mean, there's still like Zeke still out there. A couple other players are out there, but... Teams have filled some holes and voids on their roster without using draft capital to do so. Those moves are reflected in this mock draft 2.0. 3.0 is obviously going to reflect maybe other draft picks being traded, other free agent signings being addressed, da 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 uh, Don't be surprised to see a team or two try to trade up to take Richardson if he does fall or simply trade back into the late first round. To take a Hendon Hooker, a quarterback out of Tennessee, to get that fifth-year option. I addressed this when I was talking about the Ravens. That fifth-round option is critical for teams. Critical. Let's just look at quarterback salaries going into 2023. It's a disgusting number. These numbers are disgusting. Um, Let's see. Let's, can, oh, can I only get five? Oh, here we go. We got the whole league. Oh, this is exciting. All right. 
Number one quarterback with the highest cap hit in 2023 is Patrick Mahomes at 39.6 million. Ryan Tannehill, 36.6. Lamar Jackson slated if he signs that tender will be 32.4. Rodgers, 31.6. Goff, 30.9. Prescott, 26.8. Now, guys, these are just cap hits. Cap and real cash are two different numbers. Cap is kind of a joke. Your cap one year could be $1 million. Uh, Excuse me. Let's say you sign a two-year $50 million contract. Your AAV is 25 million, 25 plus 25 equals 50. However, your cap number can be really whatever the team wants. You know, you guys discuss it, whatever. If the team wants your cap to be 1 million one year and 49 million the dollar, 49 million dollars the next year, that is fine. That still equals out to 50 million. So, just for clarification, Rodgers 31.6, I already was talked about him. Russell Wilson, 22. Daniel Jones, 21. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 20.25. Stafford, 20. So, I mean, the price of quarterbacks on your cap hit is going to be detrimental. Now, you want the real cash number? Again, you know, cap hit's going to change. Real cash ain't. Rodgers, 59.5. So, you have to pay him that $59.5 million at some point in time whether it's year one, year two, or spread out. He will get paid whatever that contract is, and it will eventually be reflected on your books. Deshaun Watson, 46. Daniel Jones, 46. Uh, Mahomes, 40.4. These are what teams are physically paying these guys. $39 million for Kyler Murray. Again, if Lamar signs that tender, 32.4. Prescott, 31. Cousins, 30. Carr, 30. Allen, 28. Russell Wilson, 28. Stafford, 27.5. Geno Smith, 27.5. Tannehill, 27. I mean, we're almost at half the league. 25.9 for Goff and Garoppolo, 24.2. Then there's a huge drop-off. Trubisky, 8 million. Brissett, 8 million. Heineke, 7.7. Dalton, 6. I don't care about those numbers. So there is a significant difference between <coughs> excuse me, a team having to pay their quarterback big real dollars in, in a quarterback on their rookie contract. Jalen Hurts, $4.3 million. Tua, $4.7 million. Lawrence, I mean, these are first, second round guys. Trevor Lawrence, $4 million. Uh, Zach Wilson, second overall pick, $3.8 million. Trey Lance, third overall pick, $3.7 uh, Mac Jones, where was Mac? Oh, I don't even know where he is. I know he's a little later. Justin Fields, 2.3. Jordan Love, 2.2. Mac Jones, $2 million. These first-round quarterbacks, even Jalen Hurts in the second round. Uh, where was Jalen Hurts? Uh, 4.3. Cheap, cheap, cheap dollars. That is the importance of drafting a first-round quarterback. Now, again... Contracts are backloaded. That's why Jalen Hurts is making $4.3 million because he's in year, was he in year three, four? He was in 2020, right? Yeah. So he's going in year three. 20, 21, 22. He's going in year four, excuse me. Wow. Holy crap. Um, Trevor Lawrence going into year three. Herbert's going into year four. Wilson year three. Trey Lance year three. Mac Jones year three. Fields year, year three. So, those numbers are going to jump, as you can see. 
Rodgers, 59.5. Watson, 46. Jones, 46. The importance, I can't stress it enough, the importance of that fifth-year option and just taking a quarterback in the first round and getting those four to five years cheap is crucial. So taking a team like whoever, trading with the Chiefs, the Eagles, whoever may not really need that first-round pick, especially at the end, trading back in, will reap the, the benefits. It really will. And don't be surprised if it happens, especially if... Uh, where's my mock one, too? Uh, especially if Anthony Richardson falls. Hendon Hooker. I think I saw Todd McShay kind of talk about him, put him in his first round of his mock draft. I think he had had him in like the top 10. Quarterbacks are going to go. Quarterbacks will be taken. Trades will happen. It's just the nature of the draft. And it's a trend I think we're going to see again this year is just, I mean, we saw the Jags trade back into the first round. We saw the Jets trade back into the first round. Teams are probably going to trade back into the first round. It's just the way it goes, and I'm very excited to see that happen. So don't be surprised if we see it. Don't be surprised. All right, let's see. Is that everything that we wanted to talk about today? I do believe so. So, wow. Episode kind of flew by. That was fun. It was fun today. We talked about a bunch of different things today. Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox, and, of course, my mock draft 2.0. If you guys have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to talk about in regards to today's episode, regardless of what we talked about, reach out to me via social media at Murph's Car Town. Drop a comment down below in the comment section if you're listening to this on YouTube. I can't wait to read and reply to all those. But guys, thank you so much for clicking on this video. If you're listening on YouTube, please make sure you like, comment, and of course subscribe to the channel if you're new or haven't considered subscribing. If you're listening to this on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So please, 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 and thank you for downloading, listening, and of course enjoying each and every episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. i trying to think. Next week will be episode 187. March Madness will be over. We'll have another week of the Red Sox season. And, of course, we'll be a week closer to the end of the Bruins and Celtics regular season. But I'm definitely very excited for this time of year. Sports is going crazy, and it is so, so exciting. But hopefully you guys can have a fantastic weekend wherever you are. If you're going to any shows this weekend, have fun. Make good deals. Let me know what you pick up at any shows that you do go to. But that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I will catch you in the next one. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.